Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Four Sober Chicks podcast. My name is Dana, and I am here with Heather, Tracy, and Meredith. And today we have a very special guest with us, Drew Davis from Gem Life Collective. And if you see me looking down, I am going to read her bio here. <laughs> um, so today, Drew Davis is the co-founder of Gem Life Collective. Over the last decade, Drew has battled the ugly side effects of autoimmune diseases and the unknown of a rare illness. And her quote, I will not let it deter me from following my passions and goals in life. And the idea of Gem Life, aka Gem Bar, has been brewing for years after experiencing a life-threatening flare-up in April of 2020. Drew knew she just couldn't sit on this idea any longer. Drew's mission for Gem Life and Bar starts with empathy and meeting the customer where they are, both physically and emotionally, throughout their well-being journey. Wellness is the main and possibly the only driver for creating Gem Life. Gem Life allows for customers to indulge, experience, and connect with sustainable wellness products, booze-free options, and self-care products. Um, this is really exciting. Her most recent success has landed her the opportunity to partner with companies like ABC, NBC, CBS, CNBC, Fox 29, Good Morning America, Estee Lauder Companies, NYFW, Face Magazine, HGTV, Sci-Fi Channel, and multiple political figures. Drew flourishes on challenges, especially those that expand her business partner's reach and potential. Her greatest strengths are in creativity, drive, and leadership. Drew is described by her peers as a resilient, passionate individual who inspires others, but does so with humility and humbleness. In all, Drew does not allow anything to get in her way or ruin her spirit. Although she suffers from multiple autoimmune diseases, this business marketing guru continues to reach for her goals and not, not allowing the diagnosis to beat her spiritual and mental state. It is her current stature that inspires her to help others, encourages individuals to take responsibility for their health and well-being while inspiring them to fight no matter what. So I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to allow Drew here to tell her story, and uh, then we'll be able to ask some questions. Thanks, Drew. Thank you so much. Good morning, um, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I'm like, it's morning here right now, <laughs> uh, but thank you. I know that was a mouthful. Um, I definitely have had quite the experience over the last three years, um, just with my sobriety, my health issues, um, and opening a business. So I am the founder of Gem Life and Bar. My husband is the co-founder. Um, and it did start with a really serious, like life-threatening situation um, in April of 2020, I, so I, I guess I can give you a little backstory. I suffer from multiple autoimmune diseases, lupus, vasculitis, 
um, brainoid. So I've always kind of had this like pain and suffering like that you just as as a mother, wife, adult, like woman, you always kind of just push it to the side and you take care of everything else. Um, so April, 2020, I was just in pain. Um, we're a month into the pandemic. I'm like, I don't feel good. Like every day I was like, my stomach hurts. I couldn't even walk around the block with the kids. I'd be out of breath. And I was like, you know what? I must be having a flare up. And I, I remember on April, like 13th, I was like in such bad pain. I told my husband, I said, pour me a vodka and cranberry. I'm going to lay down because I was like, oh, alcohol, I used it as like a painkiller and a way to numb out everything that was going on. And he was like, okay. And I woke up at three in the morning in like the worst pain of my life, like worse than childbirth. And I was like, I think I have to go to the hospital. So eventually um, after I got on some morning calls, because of course, you know, you can't miss work either. Um, I got on some morning calls. And I went to the hospital and they actually, like after being there, I couldn't go with any of my family members because it was COVID. And they were like, we need to take you to ICU. Like your pancreas is, you're in a severe acute pancreatitis flare with the possibility of sepsis. So they wanted to see if they had to remove some of it. Like it was so like surreal. I was like, what's happening? Like, I thought I was just having like a flare up. They can give me some steroids, I'd go home. Um, so I was there for like 10 days thank God I didn't have to have like anything removed. And we were able to like, between like just doctor's care, like, um, you know, different types of medicines and fluids, I was able to like slowly heal enough to leave the hospital. Um, but I was by myself for 10 days. And I had a lot of time to think about like my life, what I was doing with my life, like the generational wealth I was leaving behind, the legacy I was leaving behind for my children. And like the thought of like, if I died at this moment, like, what would anybody remember me for? Or like, what did I do in my community to make a difference? Um, what did I do for my children, my husband? Um, and, you know, I, part of the doctor's orders, part of the reason you get acute pancreatitis is a lot of drinking throughout the years, they say. Um, there could be other reasons, but those other reasons they couldn't find, like no gallstones, gallbladder, like issues, things like that. So they asked me like, if I drank a lot and I was like, yeah, not that much, just a couple of days a week. Um, in reality, I probably drank way more than I should have for a very long time. Um, it's something that runs in my family. So it was something I was taught. So when they told me like, you can't drink alcohol for about a year, I was like, no problem. It's like life or death, like no problem. Um, well, it turns out it was a problem because I cried for like three months. Um, I did not know how to process my feelings. I had a very hard time doing like going to a birthday party, sitting on the couch with my husband without having a drink. I didn't know who I was without the attachment of alcohol. And I realized that like, that was something I promised I would never do to myself because I watched it growing up and I promised I would never get there. And I was there. Um, and it took me like 10 rock bottoms to like, finally, like, you know, to or it's like life or death, finally be like, Drew, you have to reevaluate everything you're doing in your life, like toxic people, toxic jobs, toxic substances. You know, I started reevaluating everything and I realized like, okay, like alcohol almost killed me. Um, I watched it terrorize a lot of people I love and it was starting to do the same for me. So I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to turn like my pain into a passion. And I also found out like, let's just, I'm sure you guys know this, like some people just don't drink. I was like, it was like anomaly to me. I was like, oh, you just like don't drink. Like that's weird. Um, so I realized there's this like gap in the market that was like so underserved. Like there's all these people between 
if they did have health issues, if they were in recovery, um, if they just don't drink, if they're pregnant, if they're part of their religion, and there was nothing for them. There was no like comfortable spaces. There was not a lot of options. So I started trying to find different drinks um, and different things that I could drink that were fun, that weren't just like Welch's sparkling or like a Diet Coke. Um, and I started like searching. I started finding some brands and I was like, wouldn't it be, I thought I was like, I thought I was the smartest person in the world. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I opened up like a non-alcoholic bottle shop and bar, like a, a nightclub or space or whatever. Well, finds out, turns out there was other places because I found a few, um, you know, and they were start getting started over the last, like between like 2017, 2020, it was like starting to become a thing. Um, but we were, Gem Life, when we created it in August of 2020 was like our official creation. Um, we were the second bottle shop in the country to open. That was a non-alcoholic bottle shop. So um, I thought that was really cool that like in small little town in New Jersey that we were like the second in the country. Um, we've now expanded into two locations in New Jersey, one right outside of Philadelphia. And we have a pop-up um, in the New Jersey, like in the Jersey shore in the summertime. So over three years, I have watched um, my life dramatically change for the better. Um, giving up alcohol was probably one of the best things I ever did. Um, even though the first year was really tough because there was a lot of things I had to process, but it's been such a beautiful journey because I have watched hundreds and hundreds of people come in my shop and start to change their life for the better. Um, and start to like, I mean, I get messages like you've saved my life or you saved my son's life or like finding your shop, like gave me a home. Um, and like, those are the things that like, I know that I'm leaving in this community that if like there was no tomorrow for me that like, at least I know I made a difference. So that's my uh, quick elevator story, <laughs> elevator pitch as fast. As, I mean, there's a lot more we could get into it, but that would need like three, we'd need three segments from childhood <laughs> till now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, I definitely would love to dive in if you guys have any questions, if you want to chat about anything. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I, I love your story because it's sometimes it's it's something that is life-threatening that takes you into the journey of sobriety and um like you said you don't even realize that you had a problem or you know that that there was issues with alcohol in your life until you had to step away from it and then it's like oh my god now I've got to process life <laughs> yeah and I look back on all the issues I was like oh, that was probably like a problem that I was like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like all those situations, I was like, it's fine. I'll like stop drinking tomorrow or like, I'll cut back, you know? So <laughs> I'm like, it definitely um, kicked me in the. <laughs> yeah. How, how did your kids and your husband react? Like when, when you started going through that process of change and that process of realization, like, did they see the change in you as well? Yeah, I think my, I always say like my marriage got so much better because I was stuck in this like terrible, like cycle of anger, unhealed trauma, um, like drinking the issues away, then waking up hungover or stressed out and then like caffeine. So like my nervous system was like about to like explode. And then also it was triggering tons of like autoimmune issues in me. It was like, so I was sick, tired and angry. Um, so, it, and I didn't have enough time to like pour into my husband or pour into my children because I was so like stuck in a cycle. Um, so my, like my husband stopped drinking with me. He was never really the big drinker. I would say I was a little party girl. Um, so he stopped drinking with me, which I think is huge. I'm like so thankful for him because to have a partner that was like, 
all right, let's do this together. Um, and my kids, I have four kids and the two older ones, I'm sure they saw things that, you know, they'll probably need therapy for like I did. Um, but like, you know, I'm like, it, so like, I think they definitely noticed and they're thankful that I am, don't drink anymore. Um, the younger two, thank goodness, like really weren't like probably didn't see as much of like my drinking. So, but like, I just feel like I had such a better connection, so much more mindful with like the relationship with my kids. Like instead of being like, go to bed or like go on your tablet while mommy sits on the couch, has a glass of wine, watches Netflix. Like I'm coloring with them or I'm like reading a book or I'm just connecting and listening to them like deeper levels. Like it's not so superficial. And I'll jump in on that. So that was one of my biggest things um, when I got sober was I started to realize that on Sunday morning when my kids woke up insanely early and I had tied one on the night before they were coming into my room and trying to wake us up and I was literally pissed. I was like, no, I want to sleep more get out of my room like, so there were these little things that I started, like I'd wake up then being like, oh, that probably wasn't the best, the best way to go about it. But that was one of my biggest aha moments was when my kids, I could literally see kind of the disappointment, even they were three years old, you know, when I quit drinking, um, I could still see it to where all my kids wanted was for me to wake up and go watch cartoons with them on a Sunday morning. And I was mad about that. Um, and so I had to really reevaluate, um, but it took, and we say this all the time on our podcast, we really believe that you don't, we hope that people don't have to hit rock bottom in order to make a change because that is, uh, in my opinion, the hardest thing to go through. So, you know, if you feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, asking that question, just leaning into that a little bit and, and really starting to look to see if that is in fact the issue. But I had to hit rock bottom. I am not a, um, well, I take that back. I think that I have, I had almost hit rock bottom multiple times until everything just came crashing down at once. But I am that intense type of person where something, has to seriously slap me across the face in order for me to really evaluate what's going on. And that it was my kids. It was, they knew when I had mommy juice, um, to leave me alone, you know? And I think that looking back is one of the biggest, biggest things for me in sobriety. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Like, that then you get the mom guilt. Like I would get the mom guilt yeah. from like then feeling bad. And then it's, then I was like, well, I'll have another drink. Cause I don't want to feel these feelings. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, like the vicious cycle, but I'm the same yeah. way. Like I, I don't, I learned from experiences and the very intense experiences, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. I agree. Like I, I preach to like customers and like just doing these things like this, is just trying to get people to know, like you don't have to, and there's help. Yeah. And like, you don't have to feel pressured into society's like mommy juice or society's like, oh, you have to drink. Like you can just not and still be like fun and loved and included in, you know, the, the fun. Well, and um, what's funny is when I quit drinking my, so, you know, like sitting down and coloring with my kids, I was so 
sensitive to just because the kids are crazy, you know, and my kids were young and that was like so overwhelming to where I was like, holy cow. Like, yes, I drank to like erase trauma, but I was like, this is, <laughs> this is partly why I drank because it was on a different level. And so like, I feel like my sensory, I was on sensory overload for like the first six months where I was like, I literally had to take a time out, go into my master closet, sit down on the floor for like five, 10 minutes, take a breather. I joked that I hid like candy bars in there from the kids. Cause that was what they were not allowed to eat. So it was just in my closet. But I mean, I had to do some crazy stuff to just protect my mind for a little while, because I knew that automatic draw for me was alcohol. Um, so I think that that's a, a big thing too, is you can be in hardcore sensory overload when you first quit drinking and just being cognizant of that for sure. So I want to hop in and kind of just change gears a little bit. Um, um, you know, it would definitely relate to you as a woman in recovery, but I'm interested in the, you know, alcohol-free kind of component of it because, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New Jersey is where I lived last. I spent so much time in the Jersey shore, celebrated my 21st birthday, the debauchery that took place over that weekend and many other weekends. So it's fascinating to me that you have a bottle shop uh, in the Jersey shore. And so I'd love to hear like, what does that look like? How does that function? You mentioned like a shop and then is there also places where people can like drink at the shop? Like how does it work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to talk about that. And yes, I um, grew up at the Jersey shore as well. So I can feel you on the stories <laughs> and the, the wild nights. Um, but yeah, so I originally wanted to open a booze-free bar, but it was COVID. Um, 2020 you know so who was going to regular bars like let alone going to a booze free bar but um so i decided to shift and do like more of like a grab and go where it was like wellness products i wanted to like slowly penetrate the market without being like whoa what are you doing lady <laughs> so like i had wellness like supplements and booze free options so i wanted to like talk about more of like the wellness component when i started getting out there into the market like that was my market strategy is like it's about wellness um so I open these bottle shops where you can grab and go, but I also have little lounges in both of them where if you wanted to grab a drink off the, out of the fridge, we don't have full bars in there yet. Um, but where you could grab a drink or we could like pour it over a cup, like a to-go cup of ice and you could sit down with your friends. Um, we do have pop-up bar nights where we'll do like a bar and like um, actually serve drinks and people can sit and we'll have music. But like for 80% of the business, it's pretty much like people come in grab and grow and stock up, you know, for their home. Um, but shifting for 2023, we're actually looking to build out like small bars in both locations. So it is like a destination where you can literally come sit at a bar, get a like non-alcoholic spirit or like, or cocktail, um, or you can grab your stuff and like go home if you don't want to, you know, socialize. Very cool. And what yeah. do you, so I guess I, I've been sober for over five years. And when I got sober, there wasn't really a lot on the, in the market in terms of like, and whatever it was, it was like, it didn't taste good. Right. So, you know, the tagline was like non-alcoholic beers for the non-alcoholic. Cause it didn't taste good. It wasn't like, it wasn't something that it, for me, it was a slippery slope. Right. So I have not, I don't think I have, had any non-alcoholic 
like beverages at all. Um, but the clients that I work with and, and people in the recovery program and in the recovery space that I'm and kind of in, I'm seeing it more and more. And I see it as an amazing tool for, you know, cause you, at first you're like, how do I live in this, in my life, alcohol free, you know, and everybody's staring at me and I feel like the weirdo that's standing over there and how do I, you know, so that, those are like very common things. And I see that this kind of fills that gap, but maybe you could speak a little bit to like, um, what this is in this recovery space, what this is in terms of sobriety and how it's kind of changed um, from that really awful non-alcoholic beer that we had one choice of and, you know, like yeah. sparkling grape juice. Yeah, uh, I think you bring up a really good point. So that's like part of like when uh, Dana read part of like the mission of GEM is that we meet the customers where they are in their journey because some of the non-alcoholic beers, wines, and spirits can trigger people in recovery. So I have some people come in that they're like, I can't do it. It makes me want to like have a real drink. And I'm so con conscious of that. But we also have like hundreds of different options that aren't replicated, like, you know, replicas of like a beer, wine, or spirit. We have like teas, we have infusions, we have like mocktails as in like, like more like juices, um, we have CBD, we have kava, we have THC infused beverages. So for people who are Cali sober that, you know, like people who are like sober curious. So we have a range of like, I feel like we have like over 250 different drinks. Um, and I feel like we can meet the need of any client that comes in, whether it's they're looking for a replacement, um, they're looking for something to make them feel like calm without the negative effects of alcohol, or for somebody who's like, I can't try either of those two, but I want something fun to drink. That's not like a soda or a Shirley Temple at the bar. Um, so, oops, sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, I thought I heard something. Um, so yeah, so there are like all those options. And I think that like, when I, like, when I do talk with customers, I really want to know and connect with them of like, what's going to help you for me having the, um, substitutes was like saved my life because I don't think I would have been able to I, I don't know I can't say what I would or wouldn't do but like to be able to have like a sparkling like kind of like a Prosecco on like Christmas Eve and make a mimosa like with my family like made me feel included got that like that urge out of my brain of like having something it was like triggered like oh you already had it you're good um because it's very psychological with like holding the cup and sipping it's a very like the movement like when you look into it the whole thing is all about like a ritual so for me, replacing it was super um, important, but I also see this huge shift in like the culture and these younger kids, which is so cool. I have like college students that come into our shop and they are stocking their bars with non-alcoholic beverages because they just don't drink. Um, that's not something they're interested in. And like, for me, it took a minute to like wrap my head around that. I'm like, you're 21 and you don't drink like, because I wasn't taught any other way. But um, there is this huge shift in like alcohol is not cool anymore um, for these younger kids. Now, so, yeah, well, I know, right, Tracy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, like it's not like they, they're just in another article. I just saw an article yesterday that was like liquor stores are so 2019, like, like head to like bottle shops that like, you know, non-alcoholic bottle shops. And I'm like, to see these headlines, like my friend just hosted something in DC, NPR did an article about it. And there was people filled from like 18 to like 70. Do you know what I mean? So you're seeing this like huge gap of people shifting their mindset. So sorry, Heather, I get on a tangent because I get so passionate, but like, that's like the different drinks and the different options that I'm seeing. And just like the, the 
the demographic is like wildly like all over the place it's cool to watch well drew i'm coming in on this point because you just said a <laughs> word passionate and you said something in your speaking um when you were telling your story and that is you turned pain into a passion and i love that i love that so much because i th i see that a lot in the recovery world right we we want to make something good out of something bad or you know or and that's part of our recovery process is to give back and to help others share our experience, strength and hope. And so I want to know a little bit about you before um, you said you were working, you had a job when you got really sick. And, and so, I mean, you're obviously an entrepreneur um, and an amazing one, but were you working for somebody else before then? Or were you, yeah, were you always so, an entrepreneur? No, um, I've always worked for somebody else. Um, I'm in, I was in marketing and PR for years. Um, so I went from like sales and marketing to like marketing, like strategy. Um, and I was working for a celebrity stylist in his salons um, when I got sick as a director of like uh, public relations and marketing. And it was a extremely, extremely stressful and demanding job. So it was like 24 seven. Um, I tell people this is like, you know, it was part of my journey and I'm thankful for the job I had there. But like I was laying in a hospital bed in the ICU and I was one of the only employees left because everybody else was laid off. And I had to start a Zoom call for them from my hospital bed because they didn't know how. And I was like, that was another point for me. I'm like, I have been making other people millions of dollars my whole life. And I'm over here struggling to like pay bills. You know what I mean? Like we're over here like budgeting to like go on vacation, pay bills and like and what is it giving back to me? Just like stress more than anything. Like it, you know, for me, it was like, I enjoyed what I did, but like to the point of like, it was taking too much from me. So yeah. that's when I shifted to be like, I'm going to work for myself, but what am I going to do? Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> and then you, and so you made a conscious decision when this was to take the pain and to turn it into a passion. That's a really, that's a really great thing. Can you talk a little bit about that and like that moment when you kind of were just like, yeah, you know, this, um, this is what I want to do. I mean, it, you know, it, you don't, for me, it was like one day I wasn't like, I'm going to open a bottle shop. It was like this, it was so weird. It was like this like person just kept talking to me. Like you have to do something to help other people. You have to help other people. You have to help other people. And then it was like, you know, there's no, like it kind of just started evolving. And I just knew that I needed to help other, other moms. Like in my head, I was like, I want to help moms. Cause I'm a mom and I know like what I went through. I want to help women with auto or people with autoimmune issues, because it is a silent pain that a lot of people don't realize. Like every day you're waking up sick. Um, but you have to like, you know, go to your job, smile, be happy. So, um, and I also just wanted, I've just watched a lot of people I love lose their lives or, um, you know, have been in and out of recovery and, I just wanted to help people not go through what I went through and that pain of watching somebody struggle. So I was like, those three things together, I was like, what am I going to do? And this whole idea of like just a wellness boutique and bottle shop, like just kept coming up. And so I just knew that like, once I started sharing my story with people and they were like, some people were like, well, I don't want to drink either. Like they, they were mad, you know what I mean? I'm starting to share like what I was going through. And they're like, I, I started getting like feedback. Like I don't drink or like, I'm trying to quit drinking or I need options or like, Ooh, where'd you get that drink? I'm trying to stop. I was like, there's something here. Um, and it kind of evolved into gem life and bar. 
Isn't it so amazing when you sit there and I think all of us on this, this call right now, we we've gone through that. We, we, we come out into our sobriety, into our recovery, and we're realizing we need to give back and there's something to give back. And we've got this passion and this purpose building inside of us. We just don't know what quite to do with it. And I, I love how people's lives like like they did the the flourishing comes out and and what it what it comes out as and it's it's just so cool and even heather with you know we we started as as you know study buddies <laughs> and it and it was like one day you know what maybe we should turn this into a podcast and here we are you know two seasons in and you know it it's just amazing how things like that come together so i i think that's really cool how how it happened for you too drew thank you so much thank you meredith were you going to say something um i was i did want to ask how i mean i'm assuming with autoimmune um issues you know cutting out alcohol didn't just cure them all how is your health now that you don't drink? Well, it's funny you should ask. It kind of did almost cure it a little bit. Um, I, over like the last, for for the first two years, I, I was in and out of the hospital. Actually, I was hospitalized multiple times um, with my pancreas attacking itself. Um, it took about two years for my organs to fully heal. Um, but I would, I used to get hives every day. My face would swell shut. I would have severe joint pains where I couldn't walk. And I don't have those issues anymore. And I honestly think it was the alcohol. Like it was just so inflammatory and it was just like, just kept adding fuel to the fire. I mean, I also changed the people I was around. So a lot of the energy sure. that I was taking in like helped. And then also like my diet, but I'm not going to lie. I did substitute ice cream for alcohol for a good, like six months. So like, I knew it was, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't so like, I knew the alcohol was really like, like slowly killing me, like my yeah. body physically. So yep. yeah, I'm actually like a lot better. So thank you for asking. I'm oh, like, that's awesome. Like, on wood. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I it. Drew, yeah. I want to ask you about any kind of, do you ever like have to, what's a good way to explain to someone when they're asked, why do you drink mocktails? Or, you know, for instance, I just went to a, to the Sting concert Friday night and at my sister's home, and she's so awesome and supportive. She'd bought this non-alcoholic gin. She was making stingers. And, you know, she made the alcoholic version and then the non-alcoholic version for me. And there was a woman there who, Tracy, why don't you just drink? You know, I don't understand. Why do you drink this stuff? I mean, you're going to have, you, you get the calories without the buzz. And I looked at her and I was like, are you serious? Like, it was just... It just baffles their minds. So if you have any advice to give to us, uh, you know, mocktail drinkers to just to explain to these people, it's just so interesting how it bothers them. I love it. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, yeah, it is definitely a mirror of reflection, like of like triggers them. And I have to remind myself because I'm from Jersey. So I sometimes I like you hit me on the wrong day. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should stop drinking. And then I'm like, Drew you know, you own a business, like pull it back in. But, um, I think that like, for me, I'm just like, you know, I chose, like, I, I am very honest. I'm like, I'm not a very good drinker. Um, I've decided, you know, I quit drinking three years ago. It's been the best thing in my life. And these drinks are like super yummy and I still get the same effect or I'm just like, yeah. you know what? I'm not drinking 
right now. Um, I've chose not to drink anymore, like in three years without alcohol. And people are like, oh, like why? And I'm like, because I'm just not good at it. Like, I'm very honest. And usually when you start to talk about that, like people get really uncomfortable. <laughs> I think yeah. they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, not like if I'm just like, no, I just don't want to drink. People then like press you and press you. Like I used to be like that in the beginning. Like, I just don't want to drink. They're like, oh, just take a shot. I'm like, no. Like I, then I was eventually like, no, it almost like killed me. I'm not doing this. Um, so I, you know, and then sometimes I'm like, maybe you should stop drinking less too. And then I'm like, okay. You yeah. Know, that's I know that doesn't work. Does it. That's the angry Jersey girl in me sometimes that I'm like, well, I'm a Florida okay. woman. I had some okay, very, yeah. <laughs> very concise words for her as well. I was just blown away. But with yeah. that said, I do like, want to thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I want to thank you for creating this, you know, safe space for these individuals to come into, you know, why they're there, you know, and I'm sure in, and they respect it, they dig it, they're buying it, and they're supporting it. And and it's whether it's my sister who is a drinker that goes in there to support her non non drinking sister, or it's me going in there for my own home. So um, thank you, Drew. Thank you so much. You're doing great things. Keep it up. Yeah. And I thank I have you. to say I'm I'm just a little jealous because you got to spend time with Bob, <laughs> Kelly. Oh, Bob Kelly. <laughs> I just thought that was really, really great. So I, you know, you, you, like Tracy said, you're doing great things, but you're also getting the word out. You know, you're also, you're on TV, you, you're getting the word out to people. And I think it's making such a difference. So um, I appreciate that you're able to, to be able to do those things and, and um, promote the way that you've been able to. So thank you. I thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I always love hearing how people are using what we've been through collectively, right? Um, to change the direction of your life as well as other people's lives. And I very much am, am driven to do the same and to turn my pain into passion. And one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is that we have a generation that's coming behind us that do not feel the need to drink. I don't know how that works because that was never how I grew up or what I was exposed to. And I also had, you know, parents that were addicts. And, and so that is something that I don't fully understand, but I am so excited about it because the reality is, is that ethanol is poison. Like whether you're doing it just a little or a whole lot, like it's poison. And we've talked on other, other episodes about how it like, derails your liver and how your liver has all these functions that it does and it stops doing those just to process alcohol like no matter what we have to get real about the health impact of for me it, it almost killed me but for a lot of other reasons because I was using it as a coping mechanism but it also could be killing me because it's just poison that we are ingesting the bare minimum of it what it is and the fact that we are now having people that are choosing and have the options to not poison themselves is amazing. And, you know, we've talked a lot about advertisement. It's always this really super hot woman and very, you know, barely clad with super hot men. And they're all having this amazing time with alcohol. But what if they actually showed what it really looks like? Like what two o'clock, you know, last call looks like. And we start to advertise what the shit show it really is that would not, you know, and stop hyping this up as this amazing thing. And I love that the conversation is changing, that you can have fully stocked bars that don't have alcohol in them. 
you know, places to go um, and that we can change this. And we have women recovering out loud like we are. And and we're mothers, some of us sisters, mm -hmm. but but we, but yes, I mean, I know that my daughter now understands alcoholism a lot more because I've opened up to her. We've, you know, we've, we've understood it as a family and, um, and I, you know, talked to her about, you know, what can happen when you drink too much at a party or at a bar, um, even when you drink a little bit, I mean, you know, with, but um, I think, I applaud you, Drew. I mean, the legacy that you're, you wanted to leave, you're doing it and it, you're doing it out loud. You're doing it boldly. Um, we all in this room have had people just not understand us. Right. And, and yet you're putting yourself out there on TV and you're exposing just not to your own community, but to many others. So, so good job. Thank you so much. Thank you gonna have to come visit i'm the i'm the closest one at this point that can yeah. <laughs> i can come visit <laughs> i'll be in jersey this summer so i was just actually there three weeks ago but i didn't uh i was only in there for about a hot five minutes so i'll have to come and yeah. go to the where are you in the shore so um we have a pop-up on wildwood crest inside of somebody else's business um every summer so like right um like I guess, is that North Wildwood? I guess kind of, or the crest, South Wildwood near Cape Yeah. 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 Okay. South. Sorry. <laughs> I think about that. Awesome. I was, yeah, was going like well, yeah, to yeah. say, it sounds like a trip for us. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We I think we'll open again in June. Um, last year we did May and it was a little too soon. So we'll probably do like uh, the pop-up starting in June. All right. I'm always in Long Beach Island. So I'll just, you know, we can, um, like Dana well, can drive or we can go south. Yes. We're actually going to do a pop-up at, I think, as uh, Bradley Beach this okay. summer, too. So that's a little bit closer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll stay connected and uh, I'll come and uh, check it out and I'll finally get to meet Dana from, you know, the waist down. <laughs> I've only seen her from the waist up. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. My dirty, sexy, sober mind goes yeah. somewhere else with that, but I'm <laughs> not doing <laughs> <this> anymore. <laughs> and a totally Zoom uh, family friendly way, Tracy. <laughs> right, right. We're adopting. We're adopting. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Drew, for for coming on to the podcast and sharing your story and sharing your business with us. And um, I do seriously look forward to finally meeting you in person and and visiting your shops. And um, really, thank you for making an impact in the community and um, you know for your kids and your husband and and the future. So, with that, oh, thank you. We, yeah, yeah. Um, we will be posting links to, you know, your social media and whatever you want um, us to post. So we'll get that up when we um, air this episode and uh, everybody will be able to connect with you. So that is okay, it. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank right. you. Looking forward to it. it. All right. That's Bye, it for guys. this episode. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4 Sober Chicks. That's number 4 Sober Chicks. 
We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.